welcome to the Strive for Strength podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Strample. I'm an online wealth and business coach for huge visionary coaches just like you. And I'm here to help you compartmentalize your massive ideas and turn them into a step-by-step action plan. After scaling two coaching companies to multiple seven figures by the age of 23, I wanna help you collapse time and give you the steps that you need in these short episodes. So get cozy, let's dive in. So you guys know I don't have guests on this podcast all that much. So when I do, it is definitely somebody who is special. And I'm so grateful today I get to bring you guys Tony Steffen. So Tony is somebody that I met about five years ago as I make this podcast episode, which is so crazy because I had just started in the industry myself. And back then he was fully focused on being a dietitian in the online space. He now has scaled his coaching company to multiple seven figures. He also now works inside of real estate and he owns over 131 units. So in this episode, we cover some really cool stuff where he talks about how he took the capital from his coaching business and was able to invest that and now have such a big portfolio with real estate. So I'm excited to share something a little bit different with you guys today. And boy, are there so many nuggets in this episode. So without further ado, let's dive in. Here is Tony Steffen. Welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Kendall, I appreciate it, my friend. I'm super excited. Like you said, it's been a couple of years since we've really connected face to face. So, so good to see you. Yeah. I'm excited to share your journey and just how it's evolved so much over time. Cause there's been so many big changes and pivots and just like a massive ascension. So I'd love for you to just like tell everyone with you starting off, um, where did like business get started for you? Oh, that's such a good question. And before I even get into that, I just really want to express gratitude to you and what you built here. It's so impressive guys. Like if you're, if you're a young entrepreneur, just listen to Kendall. She's got her stuff together. I mean, I thought I had my stuff together when I was a little bit younger. I'm 33 now, but like, I just get so impressed. Like every time I talk to Kendall, it's just so amazing. Like everything you're doing, you've got your stuff together, especially as if you're like a female entrepreneur, like a great just example of just success and just like a, a kick-ass, badass female entrepreneur like Kendall. Guys, listeners, someone maybe a little bit older, a little bit wiser now, right? I'm starting to get like some grays, you know, uh, listen to Kendall. So just shout out to you and everything you've built and, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to hopefully add some wisdom to your community. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for that. You're awesome. Of course. Of course. So yeah, I mean, business, Kendall, I've been a personal trainer. I started when I was age 18, uh, lost my mother to a drug addiction. My father taught me fitness as a way of like an outlet, right? Instead of like crime or, you know, just, just punching holes in the wall, whatever. So started as a personal trainer, got my registered dietitian credential, uh, age 23, started off at Lifetime Fitness. And, you know, we live in this world to where like entrepreneurship is so glamorized and people like knock jobs and like, guys, there's nothing wrong with starting with a job right? That, that's like one big piece. I learned so much working for someone else, making mistakes for someone else, right? But then I felt a calling, probably like if you're listening to this, you feel the entrepreneurial calling, right? If you follow Kendall, you feel that calling. So I felt the calling. So 26 years old, emptied my credit card or emptied my uh, bank account, charged up a credit card, hired a mentor, flew out to California. I'm from Michigan, started my online coaching business before it was cool, before it was sexy, right? Before Instagram yeah. stories and all that good stuff. People are like, what do you mean you're going to see clients online? Especially like with nutrition and fitness. It was very, uh, you know, it was a very like in-person thing at that time. So built that up, struggled, struggled the first two years, finally hit success with that. Uh, other dietitians started reaching out for mentorship. So we created a mentorship program, digital certification that certified 1,500 students in 21 different countries, all that good stuff. And then got into the next problem, right? And that's a good lesson too. There's there's business, just evolution of problems, guys. It's never avoidance of problems. It's just evolution of problems. 
started paying a lot in taxes, right? Good problem to have, but paid a lot in taxes. Didn't like it. Asked my CPA what to do. He said, buy a second house. I'm like, that's not right, right? <laughs> Don't buy a liability to just save money. Started investing in real estate, uh, bought a house, bought a duplex, bought a four unit. Now we own 131 units. So wow. that's long and short of it. And we're happy to expand wherever, you know, whatever is valuable. That is crazy. I didn't realize it was that many units. You guys are on one, huh? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy how it just like ascended. So I feel like, like so fast, right? It all happened. It was just like such a natural evolution for you. It feels fast, but it felt really slow going through it. You know what Perfect. I mean? Always like when you're living, I'm sure you know that too. You feel like you're like moving so slow, but then the outside it looks like fast. But yeah, there's so many mistakes, so much challenge right. along the way. Right. Uh, yeah. It's like, you can only connect the dots looking back. Right. It's like during that time, it's almost like, I guess this, I have this question for you because you've done so much in just like the last few years too. Did you feel like at any point of that, you were kind of like a little bit in survival mode, just like going through like whatever the next calling was for you. Do you feel like there were like visions planted and you were like, okay, like, did you see this like real estate as a long-term vision or was that something you never would have even thought of doing? No, no. Such a great question, Kendall. No, six years ago, like my mentor, I still remember Bajor Spillian, my mentor was like, what's the goal? I'm like, dude, if I can make four grand with online coaching, I will do backflips right now. I'm not that flexible. You know what I mean? Um, no, I think you mentioned such a good point as you progress, right? You have to be able to really listen to this inner voice, right? That will always lead you. The path, one of my favorite expressions is the path will reveal itself as you walk it. Right. Mm -hmm. No, Kendall. I mean, I was on food stamps growing up. Um, we filed chapter seven bankruptcy. Real estate wasn't even conceptualized, yeah. right? It was like survival mode, like just pay our bills, right? When I first started my online business, it was like pay, save, like save, accumulate. Guys, don't be savers. Don't be savers. If you're an entrepreneur, always reinvest your money. So um, no, it wasn't. But as I started to write those checks to the IRS and really the pandemic, it scared me because I saw businesses get wiped out. And as coaches and consultants, we do so many amazing things. We impact lives, but we don't really have enterprise value to what we do. It can't be sold. Like your and I's business can't be sold because it's predicated off Kendall, off Tony, right? We were talking a little bit about social media. If you and I don't show up on social media, that right. wheel doesn't turn, right? So I said, God forbid, if I get sick, if I lose my voice, if I'm in a car accident and I can never do this again, what, what happens to my wife? Like what, like she saw her house, she saw her cars, like she, like, you know what I mean? So real estate was a way to take my earned income and for everyone listening, like we take our earned income, invest it into an asset that can protect us in the long run and can provide for us when, when we no longer want to or can provide for ourselves. That's how it came about. So I'm curious for you. It's so funny. I went live this morning. I actually talked about my money story. So my family, um, similarly, like my parents had to file bankruptcy when I was, uh, I think like the age of 12. So that's kind of like where you're developing like a lot of your beliefs around money and things like that too. And, you know, clearly for both of us, like money means something I'm sure totally different than when you were younger. I'm curious, like, I mean, I guess it's like, if money makes sense to you, right? Which I feel like, no, just knowing you, seeing you, like you just get money, right? And you you know, when someone just kind of gets money, I'm curious if there was like a pivotal moment for you where you started to see it as more of leverage versus just like, oh, this is something I have to to make, like an employee mindset versus like an entrepreneur mindset. 
No, such a, such a good question. Such a good question. I think I always somewhat had a little bit of like the money thing. Like I remember I'd have a dollar bill. I'd like to, you know, I asked my mom to iron it cause I liked it to be nice and crispy, you know? So I guess maybe a little bit, but the, the point where it resonated Kendall is I was in Newport beach, California. So, cause you're in San Diego still, right? Yeah. yeah. Three hours North, right? We are renting a home and such a good lesson for uh, your listeners as you guys are coming up, give yourself a millionaire experience, not a millionaire lifestyle, right? My business was already doing over a million a year. We didn't go buy a vacation home. We rented one for three months to, to experience, right? And that's something too, with your money thermostat, I'm from Michigan, right? So there's no ocean, right? Yeah. You spend three months at Newport beach, right? We were on 28th and ocean. So right at the backyard was the Pacific your money thermostat levels up. So always guys, as you're coming up, give yourself a millionaire experience, not the millionaire lifestyle, right? So you level up and grow. But Kendall, we were there and I was starting to feel this way, right? The pandemic hadn't started yet. It was early 2020. Um, and one day it just kind of dawned on me. I, I was feeling that frustration of like, man, I'm, I'm growing my business, but I feel like, you know, I'm not getting ahead. And I'm like, someone's renting this house to us. I'm like, they're not they had their photo in there which was cool but they're not here we're paying everyone i'm like i'm working to pay them every single month yeah right i'm like that is so powerful i mean they own this beautiful home in newport beach they're doing something right and then that led me to rich dad poor dad so everybody listen to this just read the book and it's a little outdated but the, the the philosophy is powerful and the first rule in there the second rule is the rich don't work for money they invent money and like owning assets is a way to invent money. So that was kind of like the gateway is I think every coach and consultant, when you start building success, you start to feel the pull though, right? The more I put into this, the more it grows. But at a certain point, it's like, what's the trade-off, right? Now I'm working the 10, 12, 14 hour days. Now I'm working the weekends. We're running events on weekends, right? What exists outside of this? That's kind of how it happened. I just so happened to be renting at the time. I said, how can we get on the other side of this, right? Okay. And then was that when you ended up buying your first property? So then the pandemic started, we left California, we came back home to Michigan, we started looking. And then that year, October, 2020, I bought my first, just a house. Didn't know anything that I know today. Just bought the house, nice house in a nice area, put a tenant in it, made that first rent check. And we're like, whoa, it was like the gateway, right? You receive that first kind of like passive income source. It, it was the gateway drug. Definitely. It's cool that y'all went out to Newport to kind of like get that experience too. Cause I always say it's like, you have these box of self-imposed beliefs where when you don't poke outside of your current reality, you just kind of get stuck in it. Right. It's like, if you guys never left Michigan, like maybe you guys would have made the moves that you have, but it's like, what's the likelihood without that experience in Newport, you know, and Newport is such a like robust, just like amazing area. It's such a beautiful area. Like people there are truly wealthy and they also take care of themselves. I noticed like, that's just a oh, yeah. The California thing, like a lot of entrepreneurs here, they also tend to like do their whole biohacking thing, like go on runs, take care of totally. their body, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm curious, what do you feel like in Newport outside of like, you know, looking at, okay, maybe I could do this. I could buy a property. I could rent it out. Were there like people in your sphere of influence? What was like the biggest influence you felt like there just for anybody listening, who's nervous to take that step to put themselves outside of their current, you know, comfortability level? hundred percent. You're hundred percent right. Um, you're right on so many parts there. I've never seen so many good looking, like jacked older people running than in Newport beach. I, I mean, I'm like this, I'm like, 
I'm like, this guy's 65. And I'm like, this dude looks phenomenal. You yeah, know, I so be, I want to be you when I grow up, literally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, so you're right. I, I mean, it's just the law of environmental exposure, right? Kendall, like the law of environmental exposure says once exposed, you can't be unexposed. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. Like we learn, cause you mentioned about money. We learn all of our money things from our parents. Like think about when you're born, you're born without fear. You're born without anxiety. You're born with just like the primal needs. Everything else is taught to you at a very young age, what money means, what good or bad is, right? What you're capable of. So when you grow up in a box, like you said, and you know, maybe you're listening to this, you're from like the Midwest where I am, right? Or wherever, where entrepreneurship isn't this like abundant thing, right? The Zoom calls are good. Like if you listen to Kendall's podcast, that's great. You watch Kendall's IGs, but if you can go spend a half day with Kendall or come to one of Kendall's masterminds, it is so powerful power of proximity right um i think about the story of uh julius caesar right the the legend goes julius caesar was like a nobody in his 30s and 40s he landed on some island or whatever and there was a statue of alexander the great and the story goes he fell to his knees and wept at alexander's feet over like this life-size statue of him and all he accomplished. And he was just so like inundated of like this man and how much he's accomplished and how Caesar didn't live up to what he felt like he could. So the story goes, he stormed out and then that's when he decided to become Julius Caesar. The whole point of that is environmental exposure. He didn't just read the book. He saw the life-size statue. So we have to expose ourselves to mentors and people and experiences that shift your perspective. I totally agree with that. And I think it's also like, it's almost like this innate, I don't know if you feel that, but kind of that innate ability where you're exposed to it, but then you're also like, no, wait, I have to, like, I have to do something with this, you know? Um, and clearly even just for you, I can tell that's so prevalent just from like everything that you've been able to accomplish. And it almost just kind of feels like it's this thing. I don't know if you, if you feel this, but I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and visionaries about this. It's not really like a question as to whether or not you kind of need to like take that path, but sometimes there's obviously like doubt or imposter syndrome or any of those things. And I feel like for your, the evolution of your journey from like dietetics and coaching to, you know, stepping more into real estate and you you also mentor real estate as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. All, all encompassing like business coaching. Yeah. Right. So like along that path, I mean, it was kind of like step after step, right? Was there any, and I'm sure there was impo- some imposter syndrome. I feel like as humans, we just have it innately, right? Um, but what were some of those things that came up for you and how did you move through that as you were kind of going through this? All the time, Kendall, all the time, even now, even now, I'm like, who, who do you think you are? You're not Rockefeller. <laughs> Your last name is not Trump. You know what I mean? It's, it's none of that. You know, I get this question. I kind of struggle with it. Um, I, I think we have two motivating factors, right? The fear of regret or the, I guess, motivation of like discipline and all that, right? So it's like, for me, Kendall, I just had so much pain growing up with money, so much like every year. I still get anxiety around holiday season, full transparency. Every year, I remember my dad being like, it's a poor Christmas. It's a poor Christmas. Don't expect anything. Don't expect anything. And that I just was able to turn that into a motivating thing. Uh, I didn't blame. And I just said, I don't want this for myself, my wife, and our kids in the future. So it's like, wherever you're at, you will 100% have the imposter syndrome. I just signed on for uh, a loan for a 56 unit apartment. We just closed on a 56 unit. At that closing table, Kendall, it is the scare. They're always like, congrats. I'm like, yeah. I took on like 4 million in debt and 56 families and lives. And it's like a hundred percent, but trust yourself, 
trust your process. Don't do it alone. I, I've got great mentors. You know, yeah. I invest a lot in mentors. So trust your mentors and, and you just take the action. You take the action, whether you feel the fear or not, right? There's always two types of fear. There's like the debilitating fear. That's like, I can't do this. And, you know, I'm like self-destructive. That's, that's what therapy's for. Like I have a therapist, right? I think more and more entrepreneurs are coming open and saying like, you know, we use therapy and all that for our traumatic things in our past, right? But then the good fear is like, I've never done this before. That's how you know you're growing. That's where a good, good mentor can help you through it. So 100% feel imposter syndrome all the time. Just learn to accept that feeling and realize it's not, it's not a bad thing. It, mean, it means you're growing. Like if you feel a little bit of fear and trepidation, it means you're growing, which is the best. Yeah. I always say kind of like this too. It's like when you're a visionary paving a path that no one's ever walked through before, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're like, have your shovel. You're like digging out, you know, a whole new path that no one's ever gone through before. So it makes sense as to why it would feel like uncomfortable or scary, or, you know, especially making decisions like leveraging $4 million in debt. I can imagine sitting there. It's like, holy crap. Like that just must feel like, it's like an intangible feeling to even like think about, you know? Um, so I'm curious, I want to kind of pivot a little bit and talk about when you had your coaching business, because um, I met you when you were, I think, like in the thick of, of having your coaching business. And yeah. I'm curious for you what it looked like for you even just stepping into that, because you initially started off as a dietitian, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. when did you decide, like, did you ever work in a clinical setting? When did you decide to just go all in on coaching online? Yeah, yeah. Great question. No, I never did clinical. Um, I... I'm so afraid of blood and like bodily fluid, you know, I had to do the rotations to get the RD, but I was like quickly, like this wasn't for me. And I'm sure like you're, you and your clients can resonate with people listening to this. I didn't want to be on the reactive side of health, which is like clinical anything. I want to be on the preventative. I want to say like, Hey, I can help you that guys. That's why as like coaches as nutrition, people, fitness people, we can literally give people quality of life. You can't put a price on that right? You cannot put a price on that. So no, right out of college, since I had my PT background, personal training background, I took 100% commission job at Lifetime Fitness as a dietitian, which everyone said was stupid, right? It's another good piece of advice. Whatever you see the majority of people doing, just do the opposite and you usually end up okay. All my, all my friends were like, I just took 40 grand a year, 45 grand a year, secure, guaranteed. And I'm like, 100% commission, <laughs> dietitian, right? But that taught me so much. It taught me nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. Because at first, Kendall, I sat in the office like this all night and my name on the door, 27 dietitian, sat there with my pamphlets and the little books and all that and just sat there. And I see people walk by, see people walk by and be like, nobody came because no one cared. No one cared that said registered dietitian on the door, which is what the opposite of what school said. School said, get the degrees, get the credentials. Everyone will come flooding. No one cares what you know until you know how much you care. So I had to go out. I had to go talk to people, oh. shake hands, say, what are your goals? What are you struggling with? What, what are you, right? Go to the cafe and say, hey, I see you looking at a protein powder. What are your goals with that? So you learn to sell, you learn to market, you learn to communicate to people. And the most important thing about sales I learned, which is what I want to share with you and your audience, be a problem solver, a problem finder, not a product pusher, right? Like school, all that teaches you like, oh, just say you're a dietitian or exercise physiologist, or you've got XYZ credentials and certifications. Be a problem finder, a problem solver, not a product pusher. Once I learned that, it was so, so powerful. 
Nice. Okay. That's so cool. I'm like, I always say for everyone who's like listening to, they know this, but I say all the time, like be a solutionist inside of your business. Like when you can solve a problem, it's fine if you see them created because you're like, okay, this is an opportunity every single time, you know? So for you, when you were making the transition from lifetime, right. To like going online, how did, what did that look like for you? Like social media was so new back then. I mean, I was probably, I got on social in like 2012, but it was like for fun and leisure, not like even fitness stuff at the time. So what year was it when you finally like hopped on socials and decided to go in on coaching? So I I started a little bit, like I dipped my feet in the water while I was at lifetime. So like 2015, you know, I started doing like videos and and back then it was like five minute Facebook video and Facebook live. Like if you went Facebook live, like, oh my God, they're live. Like you're a celebrity, you know? So there's all that kind of at the end of the digital, uh, digital product age, right. Of like, just write, type up an ebook and sell it for $50. And everyone's like, Oh my God, to where education started becoming free. People paid for coaching. So I hired a mentor, you know, and still my coach to this day, Bedros Koulian, right. I, I took the money I had. Cause I didn't know, I didn't know Kendall. I didn't know what to do. Um, I had a little bit of experience putting myself out there. I didn't know. So I took the money I didn't have. And guys, we're always going to spend in one of two ways. We're going to spend our money or we're going to spend our time. The thing is, $30 million can't buy you 30 more minutes on God's green earth. You can always make more money. It's not even real. We just print the shit. You know what I mean? Excuse my language. But <laughs> we just print it. it it's, not, it's not real. We can always make more money. You can't make more time. So I've just learned from an early on because I saw I lost my mother early on. I saw how finite time was. I said, I'd rather spend to buy back my time than spend and, and keep my money, but keep my problems and waste time. So oh, it, was, it was it was rough, Kendall. It was so hard. You know, I struggled. I failed. I tried so many different things. Just kept kept going, kept learning. And then finally, probably after like two years, it all started to click and all started to come together. But yeah, social media was a different thing. There was no stories. Um, if you like DM somebody, it was like, whoa, like, do I know you kind of a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was different. Social is so different nowadays. I'm curious if there are like, so I know I mentioned this to you before we even got on the podcast is like how you pump out so much content. I'm curious, like how things have changed for you from back then to now, just with like how you use social media. Like if you're on it as much, if you have a team that's supporting you through more of the social media side of things, what does that look like? Yeah, great question. You know, something I've always learned, something I always stood by Kendall, and I'm sure you preach it as well. Followers feed the ego. It's revenue that feeds the family, right? Mm-hmm. Just the other day, I'm so glad you brought this up. Just, just like two days ago, someone commented on my thing. It's like, you don't even have that many followers. You don't even have that much engagement. I'm like, you proved my point. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because it's all about the end user, right? And I see, I think I'm sure you hear it all the time too. People get so deflated with social media because they're like, I only have 500 followers. I would, guys, I would rather have 500 followers who know you, like you, and trust you and want to do business with you than 5 million followers who don't care, who are just there for views because you're just doing clickbaity things, right? So just focus on connections. No, I I do my own content. I I have a videographer who like film and edit and stuff like that because I just don't have the patience to do it. But I used to do it all back in the day. Mm -hmm. Guys, when we're building a business, when we lack resources, we have to get resourceful. And there's this funny thing about money right? Because I've been broke and now we've built a level of success. Like when you don't have money, you have time. So you can use your time to learn to edit, to get the caption. I mean, God, there's so many tools now, Kendall, that we never, never had. And that's what I mean. I always tell people it's so easy to make content now. 
back in the day, like putting captions on it, you needed a freaking computer programming degree. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah. To put captions down. It's like you download the app captions, $7 does so much for you. Um, so when you don't have money, you have time. So you use your time, but then as you start to make money, you just buy back your time and outsourcing. So focus on the viewer, not the views, focus on building connection. And, and if I had to start, if I lost all my accounts and had to start all over again, I would literally just deliver the value. I would try to solve the problems my prospects have for free, better than anyone. I'd give as much as I could away for free and just let people pay for the application. That's it. That's that's like the key is like, give as much away for free as you can solve problems. Like Kendall, you know this, you're a perfect example of this. Your stuff is so good. Like she, guys, she literally gives you the blueprint for free. Like watch the post it's, it's there. And it's, it's like in a very charismatic way. So it's like, she gives it to you for free because she'll create wins for you. And you're going to want to keep being with her. That's the key. Just replicate success. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's even like, it's changed so much since back in the day to now, right. It's like people used to be so afraid to give away like the free value. I think now it's just kind of like a non-negotiable and it's also like you're consistently building on your craft. Right. So I always tell people it's like, and you're so good at this. I love when you're like out in the field, like you have your, your properties and your units in the back and you like take the video and it's just like, you can tell you're just like not even thinking about it. It's just like, I have to share this. Like you feel compelled to share it because you're just in it, right? You're like doing the thing. And I think nowadays it's so easy for people to overthink social media or feel like they have to curate this version of who they are for oh. people to like see them or show up. And I love that like you do that. So like, it's like so nonchalant, you know, like you have your really like formal videos where you're like educating, but then you also just have you like out in the field. And so many people miss those like little, they feel like mundane moments, but it's just like, that's such a good opportunity for you to share uh, like you out in the field doing what you're doing, you know? So I'm curious when you're like out there, is that like something for you, you have to think about, or is it just like, Oh wait, I got to share this. Like, do you feel that feeling? Uh, yeah. hundred percent. You know, I, I try to not overthink things. And when I, when I like feel like I received that message, right. This is so powerful for you guys. Like when you feel like I've got this message inside, I have to help somebody with this message. Don't think, just pull it out, capture it. You don't even have to post it, but just capture it. Nine out of 10 times, it's so, like you said, it's just so authentic because it's like your internal radiance just coming out. And when you just, life's a, life's a mirror, guys. It's not a window, right? We, we give what we have, right? We give what we have. So it's like when you feel it, whether you're at the gym, you're cooking the food or you're at your, for us, it's at our property. You just have to, you're like, I have to share this because I want to help so many people. And when you can document it and you're actually living it, that's another big thing. People ask like, how do you stand out online? Just, just teach what you've done and nothing else. Like teach who you are, what you've done, what's helped you. Don't worry about anything else. And that's what will bring people in. So yeah, it's a total, just like, holy crap. Like, ugh if someone could just understand this or see this, it's like, we, we just have to share this and then just not just being very detached. Right. We're like, when you can kind of go through, we call like the high, la, high intention, low attachment, right? Like I just want to serve. I just want to give, I have no attachment to what happens. That's your best piece of content always. So good. Hyla. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny too, that ends up being not that engagements, like you said, the end all be all, but it ends up being the thing that like does the best on your page that week. And people are the most excited to engage with it. Cause they just see through, you know, they just see you as an individual. So um, I want to go back to something that you said that was really powerful. And this is, I think one thing a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is kind of having the shiny object syndrome or like knowing when they should be exchanging their time versus exchanging money. Right. Like you said, if you have time when you don't have money or you don't have clients, like you have the time. 
to be investing or, you know, investing that to be able to make more money, right? For you, I'm curious over time, like as you built the business, I'm sure that meant like outsourcing specific things or outsourcing parts of the business. I'm curious for you, what did that process look like for you? Was there something that you were like, this is what I need to outsource first? Was it like things in your life? Was it things in the business? Like what did that look like for you initially? Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, I there's like three levels to it, Kendall, right? Uh, at first, it's always reinvesting money into you, right? Your income will never exceed your level of personal development. So like for my first few years, Kendall, it was all just what mastermind should we go to? Who, what coach should we be? Like you said, uh, we had a mutual kind of mentor there who uh, connected us, right? So it's like always reinvesting into yourself, your coaching, your own personal development. There's a skill set you can learn and try to get to. It's huge. You know, it's huge. Then after that, it's your business, right? So like you said, okay, hey, I've been filming my own content. I've been doing my own things here. Can I like level up with that, right? Can I get an admin? My first person I ever hired was an admin. I'm like, my inbox is out of control. I don't know what to do with this. Like, just come help out. And then it's like the co-coaches and it's that level. So you look at where in your business can you outsource things to while still trying to keep control. Understand like, and I think this is where so many people in every industry get caught up, coaching, real estate, whatever. Guys, there's no passive income. Like, I, I hate to burst the bubble, but this is like, like a radiance moment right now, right? There's no passive income. Guys, I've built courses, masterminds, and we own real estate. There's no passive income. Like, I don't know anyone successful who's like, I sit, I do nothing, and I just receive right? There's always a level of like exchange, right? So we start off trading our time for money, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with this. Don't fall for these people who are like the, the, the advertisers out there. It's like sitting on the beach, only work two hours a day. It, it's probably not, you know, never talk bad about anyone else, but it's probably not realistic, right? Yeah. We, we used to have third-party management in our real estate portfolio and it wasn't making the money it was supposed to. So we had to fire them and build our own management company. Right. Um, so just understand, guys, it's investing yourself, investing in your business. Then once you've maxed out those two things, right, and you're still accumulating money because no rental property could ever pay you as much as your coaching business does. That that's the biggest part of it. Don't don't get it twisted or tripped, right? You guys, like we have this so powerful ability to help people create a lot of impact, but create a lot of income with it. We're like professional athletes of what we can earn with online coaching. It's it's unreal. Unreal. So you maximize those two things out. Then you start to look at assets. Then you start to look at things to leverage your money working for you. But you don't skip steps one and two. Don't skip one steps one and two. Maximize yourself, right? This is the most important piece of real estate you'll ever own. Your own personal development, your own mindset. Maximize your earned income, your business. Then look at what we call portfolio income of assets generating money for you. But don't, don't chase the passive. Don't um, so I'm so, I love that you have like a framework for that. Like yeah. it, it just speaks so much to like what people I think need and how people can, can receive that too. And, um, I love that you kind of mentioned this as well as like knowing when to actually go into a place where you're focused more on asset building, because there's a few things I see in the coaching space. I'm sure you see this too. And just like the entrepreneurial space in general, but spending money like immediately upon receiving it or saying like, Hey, I want to save this to like ev eventually invest, but then not really knowing like what to do. And I find that that is really common, especially in the coaching space. Like people just aren't quite sure what to do with their money or um, they spend it immediately upon like seeing it come in. 
Um, I'm curious for you with you stepping into real estate, I know you obviously had like the experience in Newport and everything, but if you just give, could give a piece of advice for anyone who is scaling their business or maybe has extra cash, like what would you say? No, everyone's a little bit different, but like, where's a good place for people to consider doing something like real estate investment? Where should they be in their business? That's such a great question. Like you said, it really, it's like, you know, what's the best nutrition plan to go on? It all depends, right? It all depends. If you have, and something I always tell my clients, the first thing is we just need to show repeatability with your coaching business, right? Like we talk about your trailing three, your trailing nine, your trailing 12. So like, what's your last three months, right? It's like, well, I hit 20K, but then I hit 5K, then I hit 4K. Don't, don't even think about a piece of real estate, right. right? Don't think about investment. Keep that coaching business, keep it stable, right? Hey, my trailing 12 looks good. I've, I've done this. I'm consistent. I'm getting consistent lead gen. I'm getting referrals. I, I'm confident with this. Okay, next step is, Number one, make sure you have at least six months emergency fund. It's the first thing I always tell my clients before, because like you said shiny object. No, I want to go get the real estate. Build up six months living uh, expenses reserve, emergency fund. You've you got those two things and you're consistent and you paid off any like high interest credit card debt or anything like that. Then look at a piece of real estate. Understand though, with a piece of real estate, especially if you buy an apartment building, which is five units and above, you're buying a business. So they're going to look at you and what you have. So it's usually at least 20 to 30% down. So just say for a hundred thousand dollar property, you need to come up with 20 to 30,000, but it's a business. So they want to make sure you have cash reserves for that property, all those things. So understand like real estate is more of the point of like, my business is consistent. I've got six months living expenses saved up. And for me, really the pain point was I'm, I'm writing a big check to the IRS every year, Right. The more I earn here, I feel like the more I'm just paying out to the IRS, I need to get my money to work for me and save on my taxes, then start to explore and think about real estate and education always precedes change, right? So become educated first. For me, like I told you, start with a book, learning about it, understanding it, like, like just being exposed to it. Then you start to make those moves. Yeah. It's so cool. Like how it was like a natural, kind of like almost like a natural ascension for you, but how it's become something like so big too, because you just found like you're so passionate. I'm curious, do you tend to be like one of those people who's like kind of all in on something, like you rabbit hole something when you learn about it that you really love? Dude, a hundred percent. Like I'm in my office right now. I have my big bookshelf here. I just started with education. Like you said, free educated like books, $10, $15. I'd like come out of the office and my wife would be in the kitchen or whatever. I'd be like, like, look at this. She's like, you're like a kid. You just come out, you like learn this thing because yeah, it's so powerful. Kendall says, you know, we work so hard for our money. Right. But as usually solopreneurs or like small business owners, like less than 50 employees, you know, we, we have high taxes. And like, that was my biggest pain. It was like, I was just paying so much in income tax. I think my worst year I owed like 350 to 400,000. Yeah. I'm like, this just can't be a thing, you know? I'll bring home usually. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's debilitating. It's demotivating. So it's like, I, I searched for the answers. Like, how do the, well, I, I hear the wealthy own real estate and don't pay tax. Like, how is that? Wow, it is a legitimate thing. Cost segregation study and real estate professional status, all those things. So yeah, I do. I do. And I think that's, that's important too. Don't do anything you're not passionate about. Like, I love real estate. I know it sounds so silly, but like I see a big building, I'm like, I get super excited. Like if you love stocks, then do stocks. If you love crypto, do crypto, you know? It, it's like anything, it's very cliche, but money follows passion, right? If you just do something to save money or to make money, you won't have the 
perseverance to stick through it because real estate comes with tons of issues, tons oh of challenges, tons of headaches, right? Tenants, termites, and toilets, three mm -hmm. worst things ever, right? Um, so yeah, you just have to be passionate about it. So explore, find, like do, am I motivated by stocks? For me, Kendall, it didn't make sense to invest in a company that I have no control in. I yeah. don't control Meta. I don't control Apple. I buy their stuff. I don't yeah. control uh, Coca-Cola. So for right. me, just to put the money there and trust this like roller coaster of a, of a stock market, it didn't make sense. Bitcoin, I, I, maybe I'm not smart enough. I just don't get it. I don't know. It's not tangible. Real estate, like I can go touch my apartment building, but okay, it's there. <laughs> you know, so what, yeah. what resonates to you? That's what you should invest into. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. So I have, I have one last question for you. I love asking this question because I love how see, seeing how different people answer this, but what does wealth mean to you? Choices, period. Choice. Yeah, the, the ability to choose how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, and to have the capacity to still have time, like the wealth of health, the wealth of relationships, right? Just choices. Wealth is choices, right? Like when you're broke, you, you don't have many choices, right? You're like, I need to do this to pay this bill. I need to take this job because I have to do this, right? Wealth is choices. Wealth is not like absence of work. It's working because you love to, not because you have to, right? And that's where building a business that you're passionate about. That's where investing. Like we're not, we're, we're going to scale to a thousand units just as husband and wife, right? And then we'll do like investors and all that stuff later. But we're not doing that to never work again. We're doing that to do the work we love and to not be obligated to work, you know, to work because we love to, not because we have to. So wealth, wealth is choices, right? And that's like wealth of health. Like if I'm healthy, I have choices. I can go for a run. I can go for a jog. I can go on an airplane. If you're not healthy, you don't have those choices, right? So what wealth is choices to me, at least. I love that. I always say wealth is what you have when you have no money left. Yeah. And choices would be a good, a good part of that. Right. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. thanks so much for coming on and sharing just all of your insight and knowledge. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you, Kendall. Thank you so much. And again, congrats to you and all your success. Thanks, Tony. Let ever let everyone know too, like where can they find you on social media? Um, what's the best platform? Yeah, just Tony Stefan on everything, or you just put me into Google, everything will come up. So just my full name. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for appreciate listening. You. Thank you.